Hi, everyone. Hi. And welcome to another edition of Superman's Other Pals, a podcast where I, Gary Roll, go through an issue of the Silver Age comic, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, with my teen daughter. Ella Plum Rowan. And together we tell you what it's all about. We get to the highs and the lows and the bigs and the bads and all the things in between Sure. or something like that. All right. You know, when I was, uh, when we were all, I was told that I wasn't going to be able to leave the house. I thought that I would have more time to record podcasts, but it would seem. We kind of have. No, we've had, we've had a little bit more, but like school, your school is definitely, um, has, has definitely sort of kept, since it's kept going. I mean, hours are flexible, but right. it's, it's still work. And then throw on top, like, my weird schedule with work, and uh, it just hasn't been coming together as much as I thought it was going to. Yeah. But we're here now, so yep. why not? So, okay, so this is issue number 90. <laughs> And we are in January of 1966. And our cover is a big, goofy-looking guy who kind of looks like Jimmy Olsen. But we know that it's not Jimmy Olsen because in the background we see Jimmy Olsen with another man who is opening up a box and now is flying this fake Superman. And the big thing is punching him in the face. And the big man, the big dumb man is saying... Superman, my enemy, I hate him. And the guy who's opened the box says, that's it, Big Jimmy. Clobber Superman. He is a B-A-D-M-A-N. And it says, see this misshapen Hulk. He is a grotesque double of Jimmy. A criminal is conditioning him to hate Superman. You'll never forget the brainwashing of Big Jimmy. Look, man, I have forgotten almost every single story until it becomes convenient for me to remember it, so I am almost certain that I will forget this one, too. Probably. <laughs> I don't know, if it says forgotten. you'll never forget. If you'll, for, you know. That's like a high bar to set. Well, you know, the thing is, like, I, they've, like, blended together, but I do remember... A lot of them. Like, when that one showed up that it was a duplicate of another. I can tell when stuff is familiar. Right. Enough to figure out whether or not they've done it before. Right. But, and I remember, like, recurring themes. Like, Jimmy's... face like liquid addiction. Like, Jimmy's terrible relationship with... Jimmy's terrible relationship with Lucy. Well, that's not confined to, confined to any singular issue. Right. That he has a fan club. Neither is that. Like, those are themes that keep showing up, is, like, his tenuous friendship with Superman, his weird, dysfunctional relationship with Lucy Lane, the fan, that he has a fan club who loves him. uh, More than they should. But they are, but Jimmy is constantly afraid of letting them down. He, he, he does a lot of dumb stuff. Well, yeah, but... He hasn't let them down yet. And his basic sort of insecurity about life in general. But then again, he's a 20-year-old, he's a 21-year-old kid. Maybe 22-year-old at this point. Who knows? 21 for at least two years. So he's he's still very young, and he's just trying to make his way through the world, like we all are. It just so happens that he is somebody who happens to have a super friend and gets into crazy 
adventures and drinks strange drinks strange and smokes strange items. I mean, that's all well and good, but that doesn't mean I'm going to remember this issue. No. Well, I might. So, it then brings us to our first story. Do you want to read this story? So, it seems like at this point... We're down to two stories per issue. They have moved from the three... Two issues instead of three. Right. It seems like at this point, they have moved from the two... Story to from the three story to the two story, which is you know significant, and eventually they will move to one story. How dare they? But who knows how long that'll take? Doesn't it? I think at least like by the time I think by the time issue one hundred is one story, but that might just be because it's the hundred if you. No, I think it's multiple. I think that's that might be two stories. I know that by the time Jack Kirby takes over the magazine, takes over. Uh, it then becomes two. So this is Jack Kirby at this point? No, this is not Jack Kirby. No. This is still Kurt Swan, at least doing pencils. Kurt Swan is still doing pencils and has been doing it like he is the workhorse of DC Comics and has been responsible, at least for all the Superman stuff, has been responsible for all of it. That's a lot. So do you want to read this or do you want me to read this? Okay, so Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. Somewhere in a remote valley dwells a gigantic hulk of a creature who is a grotesque double of Jimmy Olsen. He is strong, but is simple. He knows only basic emotion. Love, pain, hunger, hate, and fear. So when he falls into the clutches of two vicious killers, they plot to teach him to hate and fear Superman, Jimmy's best pal, read on and witness the diabolical process of the brainwashing of Big Jimmy. I would like to argue that hunger is not an emotion. Well, you feel hungry. Yes, but I can feel cold, and that's not an emotion. Well, it's also, like, there's hunger and there's hunger. Yeah, no, I don't think hunger is an emotion. All right, well, then strike hunger, but all the rest of them. Like, I can feel that a dog is fluffy, but fluffy is not an emotion. Well, there's also that, like, hunger of not, like, hunger for food, but passion for something that you want very badly. Then they could call that, like, desire. Or they could call it hunger. (laughs) Hunger is not an emotion. It is. No. Don't make... I I am not going to take out the dictionary. (laughs) To show you that it, one of the definitions of hunger could very well be an emotion. But uh, I'm just going to tell you that we're going to leave it alone there. Sure. And in this first, in the first panel, we see Jimmy Olsen standing on a rock, feeding the weird version of himself. They are both wearing the same colors. Green shirt, purple pants. Because this is comic books. And in comic books... There is a wealth of purple pants, way more than in real life. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen someone wearing like purple slacks. I don't in know. Reality. I think I might have owned purple slacks at some point. I think Paul F. Tompkins owns purple slacks. I would. I can't imagine that he doesn't. He owns an entirely pink suit. Right. So I can't imagine that. And the Dracula medallion. I can't imagine that purple pants isn't far behind. So, these two, and these two guys have, are obviously criminals, have a gun on him, and in the foreground we also see a dummy of 
Superman dismantled. And uh, the guy with the gun is saying, good job at feeding your buddy, Olsen, and we might let you live. At least long enough to watch our next plan for making him hate Superman. See how he smashed that dummy? And Jimmy then thinking, those fiends enjoy tormenting poor big Jimmy. If he weren't chained, he could take him apart with one hand. And big Jimmy says, thanks, friend. Although I'm sure it's more like, thanks, friend. Yeah. But who knows? Okay, so our story starts in a futuristic city in a remote valley somewhere on the earth where there is wandering this weird gray creature who is thinking to him, who is saying, lost, alone, and he's very sad. And then we see Jimmy Olsen, who is now flying. They no longer have the flying... Is that a fighter pilot? Like a fighter They now... Well, the thing is, is that the Daily Planet... hover? So, as we all know, the Daily Planet has a flying newsroom. Which is a helicopter that has stuff to write articles in it. Which was initially piloted by Jumbo Jones. Jumbo Jones. Uh, who, you know, issue six, after issue six, has never been seen again. And we miss him terribly. So, it would seem that now they have a jet helicopter. And Jimmy, aside from learning how to fly a helicopter, now knows how to fly a jet copter. Now, a jet copter means it's more like a... What is referred to as a VTOL plane. VTOL means vertical takeoff and landing. Sure. Means that, like, instead of. Straight up and straight down. Correct. Without having to, like, physically point itself straight upward. There's no runway, per se. There's only, like, basically, you can land it on a rooftop and then it will. You can launch it from a rooftop and then send it on its way. But it does look more like a plane than a um, does look more like a plane than a helicopter. But Jimmy apparently knows how to fly it. So while he's flying, there's this other fighter plane who sees him and is like, "Hey, that's Olson. Let's get him!" And Jimmy Olson. So two missiles are being flown at Jimmy Olson, and. Jimmy realizes that it's not, in fact, the government who is trying to kill him. And he's like, oh, this is bad. I'm going to go run. Right. And so we see that there are two criminals that are going after that are going after um, Jimmy Olsen. And so Jimmy manages to outmaneuver the missiles. And then he winds up in this valley in this futuristic city. And he's running. He has jumped out of the newsroom, and he is just running as fast as he can. He tries to call Superman with his watch, but then they shoot the watch, and I don't know how that watch is bulletproof, but apparently it is, but it damages the watch. Not bulletproof enough to make it actually deflect bullets. It only just destroys, gets destroyed. Yeah. Now, uh, it turns out that these two guys are Silk Benson and Ratsy Moggs. Now, I am sure that Silk, that, you know, Silky, might very well be our own... No. Silky Todd. No. Silky Todd. No. I I claim that it is the return of Silky Todd. I refuse. Silky Todd. I um, refuse to accept this claim. Silky Todd. All right. So, he... 
So he's continuing to run from Ratsy and Silky. And trips over a fire hydrant type thing? He's uh, He steps over something that creates a weird chemical geyser that then... It's like rainbow. ...hits him, and then a, um, a big... Statue. ...falls on him, and he traps his leg, and then suddenly, out of nowhere, this big gray thing... He's like, ah, no, don't hurt me! And then he picks up the statue, and he's like, oh, okay. And then the big gray thing fires his eyes at Jimmy, and then turns into a big, crazy version of Jimmy with a simple face and a twisted mouth, and... Jimmy's like, ah, it must be from the UFO, and then the aliens in the UFO are like, yes, that is that is what he is, we're gonna tell him right, that is what he is. Our thought scanner reveals Olsen's deduced the truth, wick wick, nick wick, nick wick. I shall my wind beam an explanation to the young earthling, I admire his pluck. That's my alien voice. Yes. <laughs> I noticed. <laughs> Beep, boop, boop. Wait till you hear my robot voice. Different robot. All right, so <laughs> so he gets to hear from the aliens that, you know, basically the big goofy guy is... An android chameleon. Right, that is, that is uh, programmed to turn into anybody, but his machinery is stuck, and so he will now just look like... Jimmy forever. Weird Jimmy Olsen forever. So he calls them Big Jimmy. And and then the two criminals show up and they and Jimmy has run out of sight or something. Um, and then the criminals are like, oh my god, Jimmy has been turned into this m- dumb monster by that rainbow geyser. Right. And so they're like, hey, we're going to take this Big Jimmy back. We're going to like, I don't know, do some stuff with him. Where he takes them back to the mob where the boys will get a big bang out of them. They're like, hey, let's put them on exhibition. So they, you know, they plan their weird schemes to have with him. And uh, so they managed to convince Big Jimmy to go with them. And Jimmy sees it and is like, I need to do something here. And so the two guys take out this, the weird box that happens to have a Superman in the box. No, it's like a it's like a jack of jack, just like a jack in the box. Only it's a Superman in the box, and so he comes out and he Superman flies at shoots him into Big Jimmy. Right, and Big Jimmy smacks him down and throws him aside. And it turns out that Jimmy Olsen is not too far away, and he sees that this Superman is filled with kryptonite, green kryptonite, and that it's all part of getting him into. A big trap. And so then they decide that they're going to have more fun with him. So they do the classic, let's shoot at his feet and make him dance. So he starts dancing and then says, and then thinks, scared. And then they tie him up. Uh, I guess they just say, hey, you know what would be great is if you put your hands behind your back and you let us tie you up. And then as soon as they tie him up, he breaks free of the bonds. And he's like, "Uh uh-oh, we are in big trouble. When suddenly in warning, without warning, Silk, Silky Todd, shoots a big gas gun at Big Jimmy, and Big Jimmy goes down, and then they tie Jimmy up with, Big Jimmy up with, um, chains. chains. Which, if he's an android, why is he affected by gas? Well, he's a human. Well, the thing about androids is androids resemble humans. Yes, but that doesn't mean they 
exist by the same law. Well, this one does. Sure. So they shoot they shoot him full of gas. <laughs> and he goes down and it confuses his programming and he goes down. And then they shoot him in the eye with a laser and he he gets blinded in one eye. And then Jimmy is fed up with their cruelty and leaps out of the bush to try and kill him. Well, no, to attack him with a pipe. Right. Pipe. He takes a pipe and he hits the gun out of Silky's hand, but Ratty happens to have a gun also next to him. Also, is he just really old or is his hair just white? I think he's really old because he also has a receding hairline. So Jimmy explains to the two guys what happens that, like you know, these alien that this alien has created a thing that's going to make him big, and make him you know a twisted version of me. And then Silk says, "Hey, this is amazing. What we'll do is we can kill oh we can kill off Olson, hide his body, and we'll never be succep- we'll never be suspected, and we'll just tell everybody that Big Jimmy is Jimmy Olson transformed into a freak." Stranger things have happened. But, you know, certainly that's uh, certainly possibi- a possibility. But they're like, hey, let's not shoot him and kill him right away. Let's bake him into a big pie. Well, metaphorically. Meta- yeah, this isn't... This is something that we that um, I have referred to as um, the big pie problem. Where, like, you know, super villains and regular villains can never just shoot the guy. They always have to have some kind of long thing in which they can figure out some kind of escape, which often is things like baking him into a big pie. You can't just shoot Batman. You have to bake him into a big pie. Yep. So this is sort of that on a smaller level. So they make Jimmy Olsen their slave, and they make him feed Big Jimmy. And then they figure out who is going to... They have a discussion about who is going to kill Jimmy. And they turn their backs on him, and then Jimmy acts quickly. But when they turn around, they see that Big Jimmy now looks like Silky Todd. No. He looks like Silky. looks like a twisted version of Silky. And Ratty is like, ah, look at that! And Silky Silk is not happy about it. And so what happens is Silk and Ratty pull out guns and kill each other. Yup. And it turns out... That Jimmy had a secret compartment in his belt that had makeup, and he made... How much makeup can you fit inside of a belt? I don't know, but apparently enough to make Big Jimmy look like Twisted Silky. And so they let him go, and suddenly as they land, Nickwick congratulates him for uh, outwitting the deadly foes. Now, they say... Okay, we're gonna take we're gonna take him back, and Jimmy's like, I want to say goodbye to him. So they say goodbye, and he says so long. And Big Jimmy says, friend. And then they go off, and then that night, Jimmy has a date with Lucy Lane, and Lucy Lane is saying, I like a lot about you, Jimmy, but you're too you're so short. Too bad you aren't six feet tall. And she says, Ha! She doesn't know that there's an eleven foot tall Big Jimmy on another planet. Yes, but I don't think that's what she meant when she said tall. No, I don't think she meant 11 foot tall. I think most people would be terrified of an 11 foot tall person. I would agree. And then, so that's the end of the first story. And then here is 
the an ad for their off and running, fresh from their debut and showcase, the Teen Titans now have their own book. Teen Titans. So the Teen Titans have their own book. This is not to be confused with the new Teen Titans. This is the old Teen Titans, which is like so, Robin and so like Young Justice. It's Robin and Kid Flash and Speedy and Aqualad. Yeah, Young Justice. And I think Power Girl, who is the young Wonder Woman. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Okay. This is this is the people who make up what is now Young Justice. Okay, so I guess Young minus, Justice. Um, minus Miss Martian, um, who I guess doesn't come around till later. Okay, so then we have Jimmy Olsen's Pen Pals. Uh, I... The one I want to point out is, last week I saw the Beatles' new film, Help. Did you know that in one scene, McCartney was playing a piano in which instead of music, there were, there were DC Comics, Superman and Jimmy Olsen. They must have read your story, The Red-Headed Beetle of 1000 BC. And uh, the, uh, they, they say, yes, of course they did. And we sent it to them, or at least they asked us to. That's an older one. Right, but still, they liked that Jimmy Olsen was the... Was the red-headed beetle of 1000 BC. Yeah, so... And they thought it was fun. All right, so then that brings us to our second story. Would you like to read? Okay, ladies and gentlemen, getting ready to go. Ella Plum Rowland, as she drinks her water, puts it back down, shakes her hand, scratches her eye, looks at me menacingly, <laughs> has, menacingly? A, has a weird smile on her face, <laughs> and is now getting ready to read the intro to the second story in issue 90, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> and she gets ready. She reads. She interprets. Can she stop, gets. Please? I'm just trying to help. Whenever Mr. Rix's Pitluck, <laughs> the fifth dimension imp, visits Earth, both Superman and Jimmy Olsen know that that means E L B U O R T. That's trouble spelled backwards. And before the silly sprite says his name backwards and thus returns to his own world, Jimmy and his super pal are usually caught up in his mad magical mix-ups. But be prepared for a surprise twist when the infernal imp teams up with the top gang leader who becomes Mr. Mixus Pitalix partner in crime. All right. At the bottom, it actually says it has an actual pronunciation of Mr. Mixus Pitalix. Which I don't think has happened up until now. And I guess everybody has wondered. So they want to do the official... They want to show them that they have the official uh, pronunciation, pronunciation <laughs> of Mr. Mix's Piddly. So, then we see Jimmy Olsen up on a high wire. And next to Jimmy Olsen, there's this big puff of smoke with Mr. Mix's Piddly there. And Jimmy says, Ha! Huh, I tried to call Superman, but all... But all my signal watch sent out was a big rubber snake. It must be that imp's magic. And this guy on the ground going, ha, ha, Mr. Mix's Piddalick is terrific. With me, with him on my side, I've got nothing to fear from Superman. He is like an absurdly overpowered villain for someone who doesn't do much. Who? Mr. Mix's Piddalick. Mr. Mix's Piddalick does a lot. I know, but most of it isn't like, I'm going to take over the world. Most of it is just like, I am here to mess around with anyone and everyone. Right. Now, can you imagine? If he was hell-bent on If one day he decided, world? if one day he decided, you know what I need to be? A big interdimensional warlord. That would be terrifying. And actually, 
in the final... Okay, so you know how they rebooted Superman in 1986? Like, they rebooted pretty much the entire DC universe in 19... I think it was 1986. That's where they came out with the Man of Steel. John Byrne's Man of Steel. Mm. And John Byrne's Man of Steel basically rewrote the character, rebooted the entire universe sometime in the late 80s. Like I said, I think it's 1986. Well, the last issue before that started, I think it was Action Comics, they decided that they would write a story that would basically kind of finish Superman. And is it Max Superman? So he fights. So basically there are all these fights among people and then Mm -hmm. people and then like super characters sacrificing themselves in order to like save the day and that the final villain is Mr. Mix's Piddlick and Mr. Mix's Piddlick has decided that he was doing like he was tired of being an impish prankster and he wanted to be just straight evil. That would be a terrifying person to fight. And so he had to yeah so he had to then uh, go after uh, he then you know had to they, they fought and um, in the end he wins. Not Mr. Mix's, but like Superman wins because, of course, it's, it's Superman. Superman. Although I think he does sacrifice himself in the very end. So, Mr. Mix, but Mr. Mix's Piddlick is one of those guys. He's just like annoying more than anything else. That, but Batmite right. means well. Right, right. Batmite is an actual fan of Batman. Yeah. And actually, Batman, uh, Batmite and Mr. Mix's Piddlick are from the same dimension. Yeah. But they are just in two different camps. So, uh, we're at, so it starts at a place called, at, a, at the home of a guy named K.O. Kang, an ex-heavyweight fighter who's now a crime chief. And he's there and he's working out and he's hitting the heavy, he's hitting the, um, the timing bag and he's pulling dumb weights and punching dummies. And his, his number two read that somebody was caught, uh, in by, uh, by Superman. He's like, yeah. I like that's the number one rule is you never do anything with Superman's in town. You always do stuff when he's on some kind of mission Which or is constantly nowadays. Exactly. Well, you know, it's a completely legitimate way. If you're going to be a criminal, you want to do it when Superman's not around. Yeah. Because if Superman's around, you're screwed. Right. As soon as Superman shows up, he can take care of everything in like half a second. So they are flying. They so they're they're hanging out, and then all of a sudden. Superman. There is a flies by, and Superman hits a sonic boom. Now I don't know if you know this. Do you know what a sonic boom is? Yes. Do you know what happens when a sonic? Because like, so there are, are rules. I'm in physics. I know what sonic booms are. But there are rules about where and when you can do a sonic boom. Yeah, which is why you couldn't have the Concorde plane plane flying across the U.S. It could only go from Paris to New York. Right, because there was no... Because then it could sonic boom over the ocean. Mm Mm-hmm. So... That's illegal. Right. But apparently this... Not over the ocean, over the city, over the metropolis. This rule doesn't apply to Superman because he's not a jet. Oh, so this implies that it's a common everyday occurrence that we've just never seen before. Well, it's every every once in a while, I guess he does he does go and do stuff. So like that one scene in Mary Poppins. So they're like, okay, now that he's gone, let's go pull the Van Aster caper. Now this is not to be confused with the Aster Diamond, the Aster Diamond caper, which I resent as being presented as equally as important as the crossing of the Delaware or the Emancipation Proclamation. Sure, but 
which was a, a thing that was recreated a couple of issues ago in the future. But they go to the Van Astor mansion. They punch out the security guards, and then they steal Mr. Astor's priceless Ship collection of ships in a bottle, which is crazy. It's great. That's but great. It just so happens that on the scene is Jimmy Olsen, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, wearing a smart yellow suit. I think that's the first time I've ever seen him wear yellow. I think it's the first time I've ever seen anybody wearing a yellow suit. Uh, so he Lucy goes. Lucy wears one all the time. Who does? Lucy. Lucy? No, I mean a man. Uh, mm. This is the first time I've ever seen a, a man in a yellow suit. I mean, I'm sure that they exist. I'm sure other people have had them. So, unfortunately, to get the picture, he needs to use a flash. So, when they do the flash, KO is like, oh no. Dodoy. So he punches the camera out of his hand and they crush it and the tire and then he gets away and they're like hey man whoa this is terrible and he's so then the next day jimmy is hanging out with superman and he's like man this stinks he always pulls these crimes when you're not around and we gotta do something about it and then uh, he says it's too deaf jimmy he's too slick to pull any crime while I'm in town. Anyway, I'll try some psychology on KO after my patrol tonight. I wouldn't call what he does psychology. I would call it... Intimidation? No. No. It's like when a elementary schooler really wants to insult some kid. Right. But really doesn't. You know? Right. So, Superman then visits K.O. and tells him that he's too chicken to pull something while he's around. And basically, K.O. is like, uh, yeah, it's not that I'm, it's not that I'm, it's not that I'm chicken, it's that I'm smart. Uh, yep. and you're not going to get me to do something that you will catch me at. Calling me a chicken is not going to make me more likely <laughs> right. to do a dumb thing. I know that... All, like, you know, it just seems like in so many movies, all you have to do is call someone yellow or a chicken or not man enough. And then suddenly, without warning, that person has loses all reason and decides that they have to do the stupid thing. So Superman then leaves. Uh, he's tried psychology, but he didn't do a very good job. <laughs> he's He does many super things. That is psychology by someone who does not understand what psychology is. You know what I haven't seen from Superman in a very long time? Super ventriloquism? Super ventriloquism. How come he doesn't do super ventriloquism anymore? <laughs> I um, miss super ventriloquism. Because it's a dumb power? Uh, no, I disagree. I would think that uh, ventri super ventriloquism, being able to throw his voice in any myriad of directions, can be very, very useful. But yeah, I don't know. Don't I'd say being it. able to create an entire solar system is a little more useful. Than well, sure. But in its, but you know, that is something that is in his quiver. That is an arrow in his quiver, metaphorically, not to be confused with the Green Arrow, who can talk to arrows. Who can talk to arrows, <laughs> but who is a, a you know the uh, much maligned bow and arrow superhero. Uh, I don't know if you've heard my tirade. Dad hates on bow and arrow we superheroes. Did this last yes, time. I know. I I won't get started. Just suffices to say that I think that bow and arrow superheroes are dumb, and I think they're great. I say they're dumb. 
and I'm not getting into this because this could be an entire. This could be entire. Maybe I'll do a bonus episode once, one, one time. Of you just like complaining of me about bow and arrows, just arrow talking about bow and arrow superheroes and how they're stupid. So, so he's, they're hanging on the rooftop, and then suddenly there is a puff of smoke, and up shows Mister Mix's piddling, and he's like, oh. "His eyes always been that big." No, I don't think so. No, I think he has. He's had like a a regular. He's had regular sized eyes, maybe slightly large, His but eyes not as are like huge, not as bug eyed as this. Huge. And then somebody's like, hey, that's Mr. Mix's Piddlick. And then Kayo's like, what? What's that? And he's like, I can help you pull crimes off when Superman is around. And he'll have to eat his words that you're chicken. And he's like, really? How does that work? And he's like, hey, want proof? So he's uh, watching television. And Superman is tearing down condemned old buildings. He sees he's peeling the roofs off. And he's shoving them down like a house of cards. And so he's doing this important job and wouldn't think of quitting until he's all done. But he then makes him disappear. And then he reappears. So they're like, hey, I guess that's true. I guess it's fine. So they, 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 are, they are sufficiently convinced. And they're like, okay, well, that punk, I'll guarantee to put him out of action. I'll show up at Olsen's place tomorrow morning and watch the fun. So apparently Jimmy Olsen no longer has an apartment. And now has a house that has a yard. That's big enough for a full-on big top style circus tightrope and safety net. And he's got an umbrella. Okay, I have a question. Yes, you so there? So I've always associated the person holding the umbrella on top of the tightrope with that one stretching portrait at the Haunted Mansion. Right. Is it like a common thing for people to yes. use umbrellas? Not, a... not anymore. I've, you know, seen, you don't like, s- I've seen that giant pole, and I understand why that's a thing, because it lowers your center of gravity. But I don't feel like an umbrella will do anything, and it's not even on both sides, so it wouldn't help you balance. It, it was at one point something that you would see tightrope walkers use to assist them in balancing. Yeah, so sometimes... Yeah, that was like a thing, is that people used umbrellas for balancing. Now, why? Don't know. How effective it is? Don't know. Uh, Maybe it was just to sort of grab the air to help pull them one way or another? Don't Mm. know. They don't really have it anymore. I've seen it a few times. I've seen people using two umbrellas. Don't know why it works. You don't really see anybody do it anymore. You don't see many people tightrope walk anymore. That's not true. You Fair. see them in you see them in the park all the time putting up those tight ropes between two trees. This is also coming from me who can theoretically walk a tight rope and I've done it before and I could do it again. Right, because you go to the jugglers group that has the slack the slack wire. Slack line. The slack line between two things and essentially you can tight rope walk between the two of them. All right, so but so he is practicing his tightrope walking. Sure. 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 Because we all we all do. So Ko shows up. I guess sneaks in when Jimmy's not looking, and then uh, he hears the voice of Mister Mix's Pitalik, and he's like, "I've made myself invisible. I have worked out something for Jimmy Olsen. I have pulled. I you know I've put a hole in the net, and you know so." What, so he'll when he falls, he'll fall through the hole. We'll see what happens. And you know, Ko's like, okay, 
So he does go up there, and he's like, "Hey, Olsen, it's me." And he shakes the he shakes the um the pole, and Jimmy falls off. And the first thing he does is he moves to hit his super his super signal watch. That is a deeply ingrained reflex at this point. I would imagine. Yeah. Well, you know, I guess it makes sense. I mean, it does. But like, if I am falling from a great height, like Moroccan mint tea. <laughs> I knew it was a mistake to say that as soon as I said it, but it was already out of my mouth. Okay. So if I'm falling from a very tall place, my immediate reaction, well, I, I basically lose any and all reasoning to be like, okay, I need to like press the button, the panic button. My immediate reaction is, holy crap, I'm falling. Right. But he says, holy crap, I'm falling. And then he hits his watch. But instead of sending the twee, twee, twee signal, a rubber snake pops out. And she was like, huh? And uh, K.O. is like, wow, that's amazing. And so he falls through the hole and then ends up in wet cement. And so he's like, all right, well, it seems like you made a fool of uh, made a fool of Jimmy. And he's like, yes, and I can make a fool of Superman when he, when he comes a calling on you. He's like, I will give you temporarily super muscles. Where he says, hullabaloose, muscles get bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, and then he figures that he'll have enough strength where he'll be able to knock Superman out. So he's like, sounds like a plan. I got just the place. I'm going to go. Apparently, the thing about KO is he likes stealing weird stuff. Weird rich people stuff. Because first it was ships in the bottle, and now it's chess pieces. I mean, that, there is that one... Wizard chess set that's worth like a bazillion dollars. Well, sure, and I'm sure that these that these chess sets are like gold inlay and made with encrusted with gems and all that other stuff. So it makes sense that they would be uh, available. You know that they would be worth something. So he then shows up and he's get he gets the temporary strength, and then suddenly Superman shows up. And KO's like, well, I got this, and I punch Superman, then he hurts his hand. Right, then he punches Superman in the face, and then nothing happens, and then he's like, hey, hey, Mr. Mixus Pitalik, you should do something, and he's like, okay, I'll say my name backwards, Nels Neslo Image, and it turns out that Mr. Mixus Pitalik is not Mr. Mixus Pitalik at all, but rather Jimmy Olsen in disguise, and this was a whole big plot to call out K.O. and get him to uh, pull a crime while Superman's around so that Superman can get him. And he used everything. He used uh, smoke to have him appear in and out. Uh, he used... Signal watch. Signal watch. He filled the signal watch with... Uh, with a, he used a fake signal watch with a rubber snake in it. He used uh, the, the tape recorder to tape his voice when he was invisible. He used a dummy tape to the flying newsroom. And... He sprayed acid on the on his safety net beforehand. Right. So and that uh, and the, he basically put a dummy in the cement. And so you know, basically, this was all a plot to get him. And he then, uh, so Jimmy's then writing the next day and is like, "Hey, and the neat thing, Mister Kane will collect is." 80 years, 30 years. So they have him in, in uh, you know, they have him in lockdown in, in his jail cell. 
and just as he's hanging out in his jail cell, Superman is flying by with his sonic boom, and he's like, Go, you Superman! Go! The end. And then we have an ad for Detective Comics. The beginning and the end. In 1939, Batman made his dramatic debut in Detective Comics. Now, 26 years later, the masked manhunter's career comes to an end. Or does it? It doesn't. Uh, you be the judge when you read The Strange Death of Batman. Batman can't die. Well, he can. He's only human, but he's probably not. That would uh, That would put a big... You know, they're like, hey, let's take one of our most popular books, kill off the character, and then end it. That usually doesn't happen quite so often. Well, also, like, with the amount of Robins that have appeared over the years, someone would just, like, if he died, one of them would be like, okay, I'm Batman now. Okay, the new, like, all the Robins didn't show up until the late 80s, early 90s. Robin was always Dick Grayson. Okay. Until, yeah, like, the late... So they've had seven... In 30 years, after having one for, like, 50. Yes. That's a lot. Yeah. Well, they didn't... They probably were like, look, he's, he's Dick Grayson. He's the he's he's the Robin. That's it. Why would we change that around? And then eventually somebody said, hey, wouldn't Dick Grayson get really, really tired of living in Batman's shadow? Like, after a while, wouldn't he just get tired of it and be like, screw you, Batman. I'm going to go off and do my own thing. And then he's going to become Nightwing after the Kryptonian superhero. Nightwing. Oh, right, yeah. So then we have an ad for DC Comics. You can get, uh, you can subscribe to DC Comics for only 10 cents an issue, which is not bad. And then we have an ad. We have a, a comic for Super Turtle. Super Turtle is pursuing some suspects. And he's saying, hurry, we've got to beat the cops to the railroad crossing. They get through the railroad crossing. We're faced. We're safe. And, uh, you know, the cops are like, those crooks got away. And then Super Turtle says, Super Turtle to the rescue. And then he just carries the car over the... It just doesn't make sense, and it's not funny, and yeah, I hate I these things, and I don't, and I, I hate reading them, and I thought this might be different, but it's not. Dad despises uh, these ones they're so just much. They're so dumb. They're so dumb. It's like that they're the rejects of Bazooka Joe comics. I know that doesn't mean much to you, but it does. It doesn't. So, uh, then, we, the, our final ad is, warning, do not skip past this ad, or you will miss out on the greatest comic book spectacular in the last 20 years. The Spectre is coming closer, closer, closer. He's here! So, uh... He looks like a dude who stole, like, half of Green Arrow's costume. No. He's all about, you know, being a ghost and dead. He's a golden age. He's a golden age hero that has come back. Is he like, uh... What's, what's his face? Dead Man. The Phantom Stranger. That one. He's kind of like the Phantom Stranger, but different. I don't know. He was not the Spectre, but the Phantom Stranger was in like a couple episodes of Batman the Brave. Brave and the Bold, right. I like that show. It's a great show. It's a good show. I liked it a lot as well. It I didn't, can't find it anywhere. It didn't take itself very seriously, and he... I didn't take itself very seriously, and uh, it brought back a lot of great characters. First place I ever saw the Music Meister. He is one of my favorite villains. He was created specifically for that for that show, apparently. Which is great. Gave us an opportunity to see Batman sing. Yes. No, he didn't sing. I thought he did. I think he did at the very end. Yeah, but he wasn't... Uh... All right. 
So that then brings us to <laughs> the end. off topic. Yeah, like we never, like we all, yeah, because we were always staying on topic. Just get me started about bow and arrow superheroes. <laughs> okay. It's not my so fault you hate them so much. That brings us to the end of issue 90, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. I want to thank you all for listening. Uh, if you're new, thank you. If you're old, thank you. Thank you. Uh, we do this whenever we can. And you can catch us on social media, Other Pals Pod at on Twitter, Other Pals Pod on Instagram, Other Facebook slash Other Pals Pod. And thank you. You can email us at otherpalspod at gmail.com. And thank you to the Spin Doctors for not suing us. And if you can write a review, that would be great. If you could tell your friends or if who might be interested in this, that would be great. If you could tell one friend one of the stories you hear here today, also great. Is there anything you want to add? Support your local roller derby. Okay, so until next time, this is Gary Rowland. This is El Plum Rowland. And we say Superman away. Away!